0: Welcome to episode 62 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about how a thief is a liar and a liar is a thief and how government is robbing you blind. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. But first, a housekeeping issue. Thank you to our loyal listener, Aaron, who sent in a kind contribution to the show. Thank you, Aaron. We really appreciate you listening.
1: Yeah, thanks, Aaron, And thanks to all of our loyal listeners who continue to contribute to this program. It keeps us on the air. It keeps us researching. And hopefully, through all of our collective hard work, we can bring back credibility to Montana government. So if you steal money from the government, like uh, the government's money, say you steal that, you know, folks, that's a felony criminal offense. But what happens when the government steals from you? What happens when the government is made aware of its theft and is told to knock it off or the government will be sued for wrongdoing well in billings montana notification of government theft just results in screwing the taxpayers by choosing litigation over doing the right thing so this is an episode friends about government greed about a local government who knowingly stole from its taxpayers and when that local government was notified of its wrongdoing instead of writing the wrong It dug in, and now it will be the taxpayers that pay the price of the government's greed and hubris. The city of Billings decided to self-regulate the desire of local government to increase property taxes by amending its charter in 1980 to prohibit mill levies on real and personal property in excess of 74 mills, absent voter approval. So this meant that greedy and dumb city councilors couldn't just jack up Billings' property taxes to pay for pet projects or really anything too expensive without voter approval. Basically, the 1980 city council decided that Billings would live within its means and self-prohibit raising taxes without voter approval. Conservatives like Mickey and I love the 1980 Billings City Council. Now, after this self limiting charter amendment went into effect, as you might predict, future city councils and city management found the limit, well, limiting, which was the precise reason why it was implemented. But local governments, truly every government, try to work around prohibitions on raising taxes. Most do it, and you can find what they are doing hiding in plain sight. It's just a pathetic reality that there are folks that get into local government that have pet projects or view the taxpayer checkbook as their personal money. You know, those unqualified folks whose personal finances are a wreck and who get elected and then manage city finances the same way they mismanage their personal finances. So, post-1980 city councils and management didn't like their prohibition and sought an end around. As early as 1982, Two years after the city charter was amended to include a mill levy cap, the city council enacted a $1 per night fee on hotel rooms. The city also enacted a fee on attorneys and other local businesses that same year. But God love the Montana Supreme Court. It invalidated the city's hotel tax in 1983 and the city's tax on attorneys in 1986 Because both clearly were unlawful and violated, the city imposed prohibition on increasing taxes beyond 74 mils. But what if no one complained about those two taxes? Well, the city would have just kept on applying the taxes to hotels and attorneys. And this is the travesty associated with theft. Thieves keep on stealing if they are never caught, or if, like here, you can't afford to sue the city to stop stealing. Because just asking the city of Billings to review its actions to recognize the obvious nature of its theft doesn't work. Hubris in government is a constant struggle and is why Republicans seek only that much government that is absolutely required to function in a civil society. No more than that, because governments go rogue and refuse to stop what they are doing, even when their obvious theft is pointed out to them and they agree they are stealing And they just do it anyway. So the city of Billings is cockblocked by the Montana Supreme Court twice in its attempt to do an end around to its property tax increase prohibition. And remember, folks, it's not that the city could never raise property taxes. It was simply required to ask for voter approval to do so. The problem is politicians don't like to ask for permission from taxpayers, even though it is the taxpayers they are supposed to serve. Because then, of course, their motives would be revealed. So between 1988 and 1992, the city of Billings hit a downturn. It experienced a $1.2 million annual decline in property tax collections. That's $4.8 million in property tax it didn't get because the value of homes and commercial properties was in decline. So... During a city council meeting on April 13th, 1992, then Assistant City Administrator Bruce McCandless came up with a plan to recoup those taxes by implementing what he described as a, quote, franchise fee of 4% on water and wastewater rate payers. So to avoid asking the taxpayers to vote for a tax increase, Mr. McCandless offered an end around of a franchise fee. Now, even when it was proposed, It was patently illegal, for the same reason the hotel tax and the attorney tax was illegal. But the Billings City Council went ahead and approved it anyway. And the fees, of course, weren't attached to any franchise. Billings didn't have any franchises. But what the hell? They figured the taxpayers were dumb and wouldn't recognize this fatal flaw to their plan and implemented franchise fees on water and wastewater utilities. The city expanded their end around to include franchise fees on solid waste disposal services beginning in July 1992, because it really took off from April to July. And of course, the city did nothing to make this public, holding no public hearings for the fees until 2004. Then the city held a public hearing on applying franchise fees to solid waste disposal services, and as you might expect, once these shenanigans, this theft by the government went public, several residents and astute city council members objected to the city's illegal sales taxes and particularly its willingness to misrepresent the nature of the quote franchise fees. As far back as 1992, Clayton Fiskus told the city
0: council that quote instead of wasting time and money searching for new revenues here and there, they should budget the old-fashioned way like businesses do, and that is to live within the income earned, end quote.
1: Council member Dan Farmer denounced the fees as a very regressive sales tax because it, quote, hurts the little guy on a fixed income and the elderly. He also noted that it was fundamentally dishonest to go around the charter, and he was right. Other citizens also pointed out that, quote, new names, buzzwords, still add up to more money from the same source, the taxpayer, and you can call it a canary tax because I think it's for the birds. In 2003, the Montana Supreme Court had to step in once again to knock out the franchise fees applied to utility services. So now, at least three times, the Supreme Court has said, knock it off. If you want to raise taxes, follow your charter and let the taxpayers vote on an increase. But calling something a fee doesn't make it not a tax. A fee is a tax. And these hokey franchise fees were never tied to an actual franchise. So they were illegal from the inception. But did the city of Billings learn? Nope. They probably learned, but they just didn't care. And why didn't they care? Well, let's talk about that. They don't care. Because... Government knows that unless someone files a lawsuit to stop them, they don't need to stop, and they take that risk all of the time because they can. So when the little guy says, hey, government, you're violating the law, the government can just thumb its nose at the little guy because what little guy can afford to sue the government? Not a lot of attorneys lining up for that job because going against the government is hard, and the government loves delay. Remember what Eloise Cobell had to go through when she sued the government on behalf of the Blackfeet tribe to obtain what the government admitted it hadn't provided the tribe, but was obligated by treaty to provide? It was like 14 years of litigation and she had no money and the government didn't care. So why does government knowingly violate the law? Because it can. And unless you have deep pockets, Deeper than the government or lawyers with true conviction to fight for the rights of the little guys, you can't stop the government from doing whatever it wants. Ask yourself, why do we still have school prayer before every football game when school prayer was outlawed by the United States Supreme Court years ago? Well, that's because no one sues to stop it. Now, I'm not opposed to school prayer, and I willingly engage in it knowing that by Supreme Court decision, it has been outlawed yet it persists. So when people are Pollyanna about government being full of good people just doing the best they can, well, that's way too Pollyanna. Are there lots of good folks in government? Yeah, sure. But there are certainly some who do what they want, when they want, because no one has or will stop them. So after three Supreme Court decisions, did Billings back off and remove the faux franchise fees? Nope. It dug in and even increased the solid waste franchise fee to 5%, and taxpayers kept complaining. So did some good city council members. But did the city attorney or the city manager recommend any changes despite all evidence and case law establishing the fees were illegal? Nope. They just kept going. And how do we know for sure that the fees didn't go to support the utilities? Billings provides and were instead a tax. Well, that's because the fee revenue went to the general fund. And the general fund is supposed to be solely supported by property taxes. So the fees didn't assist with utility maintenance or development. Nope, they were misappropriated to the general fund. And was this fact pointed out to the city of Billings? Of course it was in public in 2005. By 2018, the city could no longer cover up its theft, but only because a lawsuit was filed against it. So the city suspended collection of the fees. So then, did the city seek to immediately settle the lawsuit that inspired the city to cease collecting the fees because it finally admitted that it was wrong? Nope. Hello, hubris. Meet the city of Billings. So what happens? Basically, the taxpayers of the city of Billings had to sue the people that were supposed to guard taxpayer dollars to stop the guardians from stealing taxpayer dollars. How do you like that? Taxpayers pay city councils and staff to safeguard tax dollars. And instead, the taxpayers had to sue those people, the very people that were supposed to safeguard their tax dollars to prevent them from continuing to steal from the very people they're supposed to protect. After hearing this true story. Is it any wonder why Mickey and I are Republicans? So what happens? Well, when the 2018 lawsuit was filed, the plaintiff's attorney, the guy that represents the taxpayers suing the city of Billings, says, hey, why don't you just pay 20 grand and stop collecting the fees and we can dismiss the case? But what does the city do in response to this very reasonable offer to settle? Well, it gives the taxpayers the finger. It digs in. So then the taxpayers are forced to continue expensive litigation. So the plaintiff's attorney says, in for a penny, in for a pound. Not only did my clients get screwed, but every taxpayer in Billings did. So let's make this a class action lawsuit. And a class action is basically how a small case gets blown up into an enormous case. And since the city of Billings had stolen over $75 million from its taxpayers, well, the liability to the city was huge. And they have no insurance coverage to cover that liability. So did they, knowing this, say, uncle, say, oh, oh, I'm sorry, let's settle? Nope. Instead, they just dug in. So the taxpayer's attorney is Matt Monforten. He asked the court to certify the class, meaning allow this one case to go forward, joining in any taxpayer to the single case so the matter can be resolved in its entirety. But then what happens? This is so bizarre. Another lawyer who has nothing to do with this case does the most chicken shit thing one lawyer can do to another. This new lawyer says, let me represent the class because I can do it better than Monfortin." No shit. He is that arrogant as to think he's a better attorney than the one the initial six taxpayers chose to represent them. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why people hate attorneys because they are viewed as being underhanded and only out for themselves. And who was this attorney that thinks he's got better chops than the guy who was actually retained to represent the taxpayers? John Heenan. You might remember Heenan from his attempt to win Montana's sole congressional seat. Well, Heenan files a motion to push out Montfortin. I have never seen this in my career, but it sure is ballsy. And what's worse is that Heenan said to the court that Monfortin only seeks to represent a class for personal gain. When Monfortin had already tried to settle the case for a whopping $20,000. And when an attorney wants to just get resolution and not ring the bell for an astronomical figure, that means he actually isn't in it for the money. And what's worse about Heenan accusing another attorney of being greedy How about the fact that Heenan himself knows the greed associated with class action litigation as he's used it as a bat to beat any defendant into submission and line his personal pockets with the proceeds while the class action plaintiffs get little. So is it the pot calling the kettle black by Heenan lobbying criticisms that he himself has earned? Yeah, just a little. So Heenan throws this Hail Mary pass to try to bulldoze Monforton out of the litigation and to force the taxpayers that hired Monforton to hire Heenan instead. Does that sound very Montanan to you? That you don't get to pick your attorney, that another attorney can. Once all the research is done and all the hard work is done, that another attorney can give your attorney the boot and you have no control over who represents you? Well, that's just absurd, right? Right. And the court agreed. Heenan is one arrogant SOB to stick his nose into another attorney's case, especially when Heenan screwed up his appearance in the case in the first place by failing to follow the clear rules requiring an attorney attempting to intervene in a case to actually attach a complaint to his motion. And yet, in the same motion, Heenan refers to himself as having, quote, superior experience. When you screw up at the outset, it's pretty rich to try to buffalo the court into believing your legal acumen is superior to the guy you were trying to cock block. No matter what you think of Monforton, this move by Heenan was a fumble from the outset, and it was purely political and represents a significant departure from the professional practice of law. It's the stuff of skullduggery. And you know who really wanted Heenan to Cockblock Monforton. You know who really wanted that bad? The city of Billings. And why, folks? Why would the city of Billings care who the attorney was that represented the taxpayers that were suing the city? Huh. Think about that for a minute. If the city of Billings gets to choose who its opponent is, does that seem like justice? Nope. Does it seem like the city was in cahoots with Heenan because it knew it was in troubled waters and Heenan, by his own admission, would be cheaper to settle with? Why don't you decide that? Put on your critical thinking caps, folks, and the answer will reveal itself
0: to you. And the court saw something fishy here too, folks. Quote, In light of Heenan's conflicting messages, Allowing Heenan and his clients' participation in future settlement conferences with the city would undermine plaintiffs and Monforton's negotiating position. The fact that the city supports the intervention motion, the removal of current class counsel and class representatives, and their replacement by counsel for the proposed interveners, Heenan, and by the proposed interveners as class representatives raises further questions as to whether arm's length settlement negotiations would occur. If the court granted the motion, the city's support of the motion to intervene is particularly puzzling given the proposed interveners testified that the city's franchise fees are illegal sales taxes and made this allegation in their proposed complaint, end quote.
1: In other words, the court was saying, why the heck does the city of Billings want Heenan in here when Heenan takes the position that what the city did was illegal? Well, that's fishy as hell. So the court knocks out Heenan. That was a nice try by the city of Billings to stop the freight train carrying the stolen $75 million. Good try, but no dice. So Monforton persists despite the antics of the city of Billings. The city has appealed everything in this case. Not only do you fight for justice in district court, then you have to justify the district court decisions at the Supreme Court. And Monforton had to do this not after litigation was settled, but in the middle of the freaking case. He also attended four settlement conferences where the city wouldn't budge. And that, friend, is an attempt by the city of Billings to increase the cost of litigation on those that sue them and to delay resolution for political purposes. Because The city had been told no less than three times by the Supreme Court that their end arounds to the self-imposed tax cap were illegal. This was the fourth shot around the bases on the very same issue that had been litigated before. And why is it number four? Because despite the beatdown by the Supreme Court, Billings just decided to persist, Because the greed for $75 million was blinding and was its sole focus. And the irony is, folks, Billings' actions in delaying litigation, in appealing in the middle of litigation, and likely recruiting Heenan to try to take out Montfortin, well, that just harms its residents and taxpayers. It just costs its taxpayers money. Yet they do it anyway. Monforton still persists in the face of Heenan deliberately and knowingly misrepresenting Monforton's litigation experience, in the face of continual delay and unnecessary climbing litigation costs caused by the city of Billings. And by God, finally, when a decision on the merits comes, wouldn't you know it, Monforton is right. The city has been stealing from its residents since 1992 in plain sight and knowing its position on the theft. Was not just weak, but
0: indefensible. Quote, the franchise fees were gross revenue fees that for 26 years the city unilaterally imposed upon its ratepayers, deposited into its general fund, and used for purposes entirely unrelated to its utilities, end quote.
1: And when the city cried to the court, but we really needed the money and it was put to good use, you know, like every thief says when they're busted, the
0: court said, quote, The city claims that it had indirect costs for which the franchise fees could be imposed. Yet, the city has not offered any evidence to support the amount or even the existence of indirect or the claimed indirect costs. The city has not even attempted to identify the source of these costs. During discovery, the city was asked to state the amount of unallocated costs attributable to the Public Works Department between 2010 and 2018. To this request, the city admitted that it has not prepared any report that identified unallocated costs that were attributable to the Public Works Department, end quote.
1: So this is just legal jargon that tells you the city was lying. It didn't have any indirect costs that it supposedly needed the money for and that it supposedly stole to pay for. That's just not true. But they said it anyway. Why? in a desperate attempt to not have to pay the piper after 26 years of theft from its taxpayers. The court found, as predicted, the franchise fees are illegal. So does that end the litigation? Nope. My guess is the city of Billings will ask the Supreme Court to weigh in yet again, costing the taxpayers yet more dollars in legal fees to defend the indefensible act of theft of taxpayer dollars. So this is it, folks. This is theft by government. And if you don't believe in government greed, you should believe it now because it happens right here in Montana. And if you are a true believer that by adding city attorneys and city managers to help guide elected city councilors, that then no theft or government greed will occur, well, you're just wrong in that belief. City attorneys are motivated to keep their jobs as are city managers. And who hires these folks? That's right, the city council. And if you have a city council that says, find us some money for a pet project, do you really think city staff, including lawyers, are going to tell the council, no, you can't do that, it's illegal? Well, sure as shit didn't happen in billings over the course of 26 years. So what makes you think we have checks and balances in place to prevent it from happening again? The truth is, we don't. You and I are the checks and balances. And this is why it is so important to pay attention to what's going on in government. Why it's so important to take the same approach to government that you do in raising your kids. Trust, but verify. Because thieves live among us. And thieves get elected all of the time. And without attorneys willing to stick their necks out and go unpaid for years, trying to get justice for all of us, Billings would still be stealing from its residents. Because rogue city governments don't stop when told of their misdeeds. They dig in until a court forces them to stop. And that's how government gets away with theft. It's a David and Goliath fight, and not very many attorneys are willing to take on the government. So thanks to Monforten for taking this on, for his perseverance, and for seeking justice for Montanans. And remember, he offered to settle the case for $20,000 back in 2018. So if you hear that now the settlement figure is $75 million, don't blame Monforton and call him a greedy attorney. Blame the city of Billings because the fault for this entire debacle and its unwillingness to do the right thing falls squarely upon the city of Billings.
0: Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at mtvalues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.